0: morning the reading this morning is from Genesis 33 verses 1 to 11. Jacob looked up and there was Esau coming with his 400 men so he divided the children among Leah Rachel and the two female servants he put the female servants and their children in front Leah and her children next And Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Then Esau looked up and saw the women and children. Who are these with you? he asked. Jacob answered, they are the children God has graciously given your servant." Then the female servants and their children approached and bowed down. Next, Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all came Joseph and Rachel, and they too bowed down. Esau asked, What's the meaning of all these flocks and herds I met? To find favour in your eyes, my lord, he said. But Esau said, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. No, please, said Jacob, if I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me, for to see your face is like seeing the face of God, now that you have received me favorably. Please accept the present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious to me, and I have all I need, and because Jacob insisted, Esau accepted it.
1: Well, good morning. It's great to to be with you. Um, I'm just going to bring up a slide, I think. There we go. Um, There's a little booklet called Journey Into Life by Norman Warren. How many of you have heard of this ever? It may be people of a certain age, like me. When I was 16, uh, I'd become a Christian and I was baptized and I was then confirmed, which is when the bishop... Praise for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, the vicar in the church I was at did a confirmation course based on this little booklet. Um, And there were 16 chapters, so we had a 16 week course, and each week we had to learn a Bible verse. And I've carried on remembering them, so it stuck for me. Um, It's a lovely booklet. It has been upgraded. It's not These and Thous, or, you know, it's a bit more uh, up to date. It's a really helpful book explaining what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus. Can we be sure we're Christians? Well, I think we can. It's not an arrogant thing. If you ask someone, are are you married? I mean, hopefully they don't say, well, sort of. (laughs) You know, hopefully they know what's the nature of the relationship there. And if we're followers of Jesus, we can know, we have an assurance of the nature of our relationship we have with the Lord. <clears throat> and so I just offer this as a booklet if you've got questions yourself, or if you've got a friend that you're sharing faith with. So I've got a few, they're up here, there's a few over there, some at the back. Just take them. It's a present to you for September. But I found it really helpful in understanding who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And it's called Journey into Life. Our series work leading up towards Christmas is going to be looking at different people in the Bible and their encounter with God and how it was for them a journey into life. And uh, I'm sort of basically doing it chronologically, so we're starting in the Old Testament, and uh, Joe kicked us off. Uh, He's down at Hope Church today. Um, But today we're looking at Jacob and Esau, and for them to come into life was not only them and God, but them with each other. So I just want to ask a very personal question. How many of you have got a brother or a sister? How many of you are the elder? It's no shame. How many of you are the younger? How many are the middle? Okay, so well done. There's no prizes, just have any of you who have a brother and sister ever had a disagreement or falling out? <clears throat> Is it possible? Is it possible? Um, funny things, families, isn't it? Because you love them and want to kill them. <laughs> you know, it's that sort of odd combination on a regular basis? You're so sort of jumped from different extreme emotions on a regular basis. Today I want to look at this family, and it's going to be quite a lot of retelling of the story, but I hope you find it helpful, in case you're not familiar with it, but some of the factors that really matter, because it's a journey into life for Jacob. The starting point, really, is just knowing that God's heart, his disposition, is always wanting to bless people. He's always wanted to bless. It's there in the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 128, God blessed them. It's the first man and woman and said, be fruitful, have a great time. He wants them to be happy with each other and with him. You may know the story with Cain and Abel, chapter 4, it doesn't go so well. And in fact, then with Noah, chapter 6, it goes even worse. And so God says, okay, plan B. Rather than blessing everyone indiscriminately, I'm going to bless one man and his family line. And that guy is Abram, whose name later he's renamed Abraham. And this is what he says to him. I will make, and he's just talking to this one man, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and your name will be great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This is the new plan. Through this generational line, the blessing will come. And so to this day, Jews are proud of their heritage. They are the people of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, And I, as a Gentile, believe I've been grafted into that ancient rootstock. So it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But it's through this line that all the blessings of God come. So I believe that Genesis 12, 2, and 3 are in some ways the most important verses of all history and in the Bible. Because that's the working out of every promise. From that original promise you might disagree have a think about it but that's what I believe uh that that's the the working out of that first promise God told Moses how they he how he and his brother were to bless the people he says you can put my name on the people that's a funny thing bless them by putting my name on them And this, I remember this, it's called the Aaronic, not the ironic, the Aaronic, the blessing of Aaron, to bless the people. I remember hearing this as a young child, and it gave me goosebumps, didn't really know what it meant, uh, but I think I'm clearer now. And it's a beautiful prayer. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God wants to bless people. When our children were young, um, I used to play a game. I don't know if all parents do. Like, I'd cover my face and then go, boo! Is that okay? Has, it, has anyone else played this game or been the beneficiary of it? Um, but I remember looking through my fingers and seeing their little faces fall they couldn't see my face and then they'd see it again and they'd look all happy again it's probably the other way around now frankly but um, at the time it seemed to work but it's a, a deep sort of existential feeling as humans learning to see a face because in the developing mind of a young child when it's not seen it doesn't exist so the sort of original sense of Um, separation anxiety. We don't see the parent. And then, phew, they're there again. And this permeates the book of Psalms. Then God hid his face from me, and I was ashamed or I was dismayed. And Then he showed his face. The face of God is a sort of uh, synonym for the presence of God, knowing he's with us. Now, God wants to bless... And the uh, the blessing is includes peace, shalom, and that's much bigger than just few. We're no longer at war. It means health and wholeness and security and joy and presence. And that's the blessing that God wants for all people. So when Abraham's grandson Jacob has a strange meeting with God. Um, he asks him to be blessed. He said, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. It's in Genesis 32. And so you'd think God would say, Oh, glad you've asked that. Been wanting to do it for some time. But he doesn't. Instead, he asks him a bit of a random question. He says, What is your name? And this is actually rather important. And so I want to take you through a little bit of the story because it's his journey into life and it might be something we share with him too. So Jacob's dad was Isaac. He had non-identical twins. They were complete opposites. Esau is the eldest, and the Bible says he's red and hairy. I mean, you don't even need a picture Bible. You can just, in your minds, eye see it. He's an outdoor type. He's a hunter, and Isaac loves this son. Because he brings him back game. I think that's not so much monopoly as, as you know food he's caught. But we read that Esau is passionate, uncontrolled. He probably lands the first punch in a fight. He's that sort of guy. Now his twin brother Jacob, it says, is a smooth man. He's an indoor type. He enjoys watching cookery programs and making lentil stew. Um, and mum, Rebecca, loves this boy. He knows, Jacob knows he'll never beat his brother in a fair fight, but he does know how to be tricky. And even as Esau was born first, Jacob's hand was gripping his foot, his heel. And Jacob, the actual name, means he grasps. And that is a sort of trade word for a trickster, a deceiver. That's what his name means. He's gone through life as a deceiver. So Jacob had always wished he was really Esau, that he was the firstborn. And there's this huge sibling rivalry. Now, in those days, the elder son got a double portion. That's nothing to do with chips. That's to do with the inheritance they will receive. They, get, they count as if they were two children. They get two of it. It's a double portion. And Jacob is very jealous of that. Jacob's always wanted it. He's coveted it, in fact. And you may know the story in uh, Genesis uh, 25 uh, when Jacob tricks Esau into selling his birthright for some lentils that he's made And then in a horrible story in Genesis 27, Jacob tricks his blind old dad into giving him the blessing. So Isaac knows he's old, he's almost blind and can't see anything. He knows he'll soon be gone. And he tells Esau, go and do some hunting, make me some nice stew, and then I'll bless you. And he'll bestow this ancient blessing onto him. But Rebekah, his wife, has heard the conversation. She's always preferred Jacob. She plots with Jacob to steal the blessing from her husband and her other son. It's a weird situation. So blind old Jacob, he senses something's wrong and he he knows something's up. And so before he pronounces the blessing, he asks, what is your name? Because he knows it's not right. And Jacob's reply is Esau. What is your name? I'm Esau. He's lying to steal a blessing. So phony Jacob wins a tricked blessing. Well, of course, Esau returns, finds out what's happened. He's furious. He vows he's going to kill his twin brother. Jacob runs off for his life, and then he marries twice because he's also tricked. But eventually, with more trickery, he gains an inheritance uh, and uh, he leaves his new father-in-law. He again has to run off with his wives, his children, huge herd of livestock, and now years later, he knows he's got to return home. But he knows he's always been a deceiver. He feels it's always gonna be that way. And he certainly hasn't forgotten what happened in the past. And he knows that his twin brother Esau won't have either. And just then Jacob hears that Esau is coming with 400 men and he assumes is to attack him. And Jacob is terrified. So he divides up his family, Jacob with his, all his um, 12 sons and he's got lots. He sends gifts ahead to try and bribe or pacify his brother. And earlier, in, you can read, it's 220 goats, 220 sheep, 30 camels, 50 cattle, 30 donkeys on the conveyor belt tonight. And it feels like a rerun of those early days, trying to bribe his brother through, uh, to get the blessing. But in this strange encounter, when he's left, he puts them all onto the other side of the stream called Jabbok and he's left alone. Jacob's alone with God and his own thoughts, struggling as he always has. I'd love to be blessed. And that's the moment when God asks, what is your name? If you want blessing, who are you really? And the last time he just said he was Esau. But this time, what is your name? He says, yeah, he admits to it, I am actually Jacob the Jacob who's always previously tried to trick his way into the blessing. But it will never satisfy God. It might have worked with Isaac, but not with God. And I believe there's a truth here. Until he can face who he is and what he's really like, he is not capable of truly receiving the blessing of God and stepping into his identity. God won't bless us if we're trying to be someone else or pretending we're someone else. And it changes him. From this moment on, his name is Israel, which means he struggles with God because he struggled with himself and with his brother and now also with God, but somehow prevails. He's come into a good place. And he names that place Peniel, which means face of God because he's met God face to face. It's a new phase in his relationship. Face to face, panim al panim. It's important. And God blessed him. But the most beautiful moment of the whole amazing narrative comes after this that we read. Um, He sends ahead these gifts to try and bribe. He says, because he's going to see Esau face to face, panim al panim perhaps he will accept me. So after all the animosity, Jacob's still scared that there couldn't be a reconciliation. He's scared of his brother's face. Um, When he meets him in the passage we heard, he bows seven times down before him. That was the custom in uh, the Near East at that time when you met royalty. You'd bow down seven times. So, this is a moment of real humility of Jacob before his twin brother. And then in verse four, there's a, a, a beautiful verse where it says uh, Esau runs up and fell on his neck. Now, normally that's a phrase used for you're going to kill people. But this time it's a twist fell on his neck to embrace him. And there's this beautiful moment of reconciliation. It feels like the reversing of the earlier curse of the sibling rivalry that started when they were in the womb, and now it's falling on him to embrace. They both start to cry, I guess weeping out tears for all the the pain and probably relief for all those wasted years of rivalry and hurt. Jacob still uses the formal court language as if to a king, calling him Lord, But in verse 9, Esau then calls Jacob, my brother. It's a tender moment. But then Jacob still insists that Esau takes his gifts, not as a bribe, but as some kind of restitution for his past. And uh, you may have noticed it, it's uh, 33 verse 11. It's usually translated, please accept the present that was for you. But the Hebrew is much more significant. Literally, it says, Please accept my blessing, which was for you. Do you hear the significance of that? It's not just a gift, it's not John Lewis, it's the inheritance of God. He's able to return. And finally, Jacob, having been restored to God, is able to restore the blessing he stole from his brother. And so it's a beautiful moment of grace, of restitution and restoration. So at long last, Jacob has been blessed by God, and he's then capable of giving away blessing to others. And he then says, for to see your face is like seeing the face of God. He could never do that before. He just saw the face of his rival, but now he sees in Esau the face of God. Do you see the pattern? Jacob sees God and knows he's accepted. And so now Jacob can also see God in his brother and know that he is accepted. So there's a moment of pure grace from God, of forgiveness and reconciliation. I wonder probably all of us have some damaged relationships. I believe we're called into a journey of life, but for many of us, that probably will involve a degree of reconciliation, sometimes of restitution, of apology, of going the extra mile for the sake of uh, the blessing being possible psalm 133 tells us where god's blessing is how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity i think of that as a minor miracle because so many things are good like cod liver oil but they're not pleasant and other things like cream cakes are really pleasant but not good but when families are reconciled it's good and it's pleasant and that's what God wants. So if he wants, if we want to inherit the blessing, I do believe we need to attend to this. Probably all of us in different ways. Maybe in our workplace, it could be in our families or with neighbors. With people, you've probably fallen out with them because they're a bit mad or difficult. I mean, or maybe you are. Or maybe it's both sides. I mean, it could be, couldn't it? But who's going to make the reconciliation happen? It probably needs to be us. And the psalm, the beautiful psalm, finishes, for there the Lord bestows his blessing. God wants to convey blessing, but it's in the context of restoration, life forevermore. It's a journey into life, even if it's quite scary. I believe we're all, well, I'm sure, do you want to be blessed? Most of us are here because we do. Um, But it was the grace of God, but it was also a a work of God. There was some internal repair work that needed doing for him to face who he was. And when we say to God, will you bless me? He may be asking, well, who are you? And that includes saying, I mean, that's why we sometimes have confessions. I've got all this. I was going to use a rude word detritus in my life. And we can all recognize that. That's the truth. But I do want blessing. I want to be able to do better by your grace. Who are you? Insert your name here. That's me, God. But I would love to step into the future you intended for me before the world began. And it's after that, knowing we're accepted in the Beloved, That we're capable of seeing god's face in our sisters and brothers and giving the blessing to them so i just want to hold that thought there and um, see what the spirit is saying to you let's just keep a moment and think where you're having a nudge or what you want to do with those thoughts